Welcome to To Every Generation, the broadcast ministry of Calvary Chapel Crossfields, located in Jamesburg, New Jersey, where we teach through the entire Bible, verse by verse, and make application to every generation so we can grow in our relationship with God. Again, that's Colossians 1, 15 through 29. Again, I just wanted you to note that this is another letter that Paul wrote uh, from prison to warn the Colossians of the heresy they were about to face. Um, you know, starting with verse 15. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. Now in verse 15, firstborn means having authority, preeminence, which means uh, someone of importance and greatness over all creation. This is one of the strongest statements about the divine nature of Christ found anywhere in the Bible, that Jesus is not only equal to God, but he is God. And here are a few more scriptures for those skeptics who want to believe that Jesus is in God. Turn with me to Philippians 2, 6 and 7. Again, that's Philippians 2, verse 6 and 7. It says, starting with verse 6, Who, being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery, to be equal with God, but made him of no reputation, taking the form of a bondservant and coming in the likeness of men. Even though that Jesus is equal to God, he didn't think he was above uh, coming down on earth as a man. Let me ask you something. If I was to ask you to stereotype a Marine, what thoughts would come to your mind right away? A Marine. For me, I think of how they are trained to be tough. You know, a man's man. Trained to protect the country, to protect themselves. Again, they're a man's man. But I, I wanted to show you a quick clip that I saw on the internet that they're going to play right now. And every time I see it, it makes me smile. Now, would you have pictured Marines doing that if you stereotyped them? When I first saw that, it just 
gave me chills, and it also just brought a big smile to my face, but it also reminded me of how we all should be, how humble. Um, to me, this is an example of men who just humble themselves before their Lord. They didn't care what the other person next to them even thought. They didn't feel that they were above expressing their love for their Lord. They just expressed it. I have another question for you. Do you ever feel you are above serving in certain areas? Such as cleaning the bathrooms. Or serving in children's ministry. Jesus is a perfect example of the attitude we should have. He led by example. He even washed the disciples' feet. He never felt he was above. He just went about his father's business. Another verse which shows us Jesus was God. Turn with me to John 10, verse 30. Again, I'm starting with verse 30, or actually verse 30. I and my Father are one. I think that's pretty clear. I don't know how you could take that any other way. I and the Father are one. John, you don't have to turn there, I have a few more, but John 12, 45, verse 45. And he who sees me, sees him who sent me. And who sent him? His Father, who is God. So if you see Jesus, he's saying that you saw my Father. And one more, John 14, 7. If you had known me, you would have known my father also. And from now on, you know him and have seen me. Oh, sorry, and seen him. I think the verse, these verses are pretty clear on Jesus being God. Although the Jehovah Witness Bible has these verses, they still teach Jesus to be a, a lesser God. They actually change the verse John 1.1. 1, 1 to reflect Jesus as a God, with small g. When I read this, I couldn't help but to think about the humility Jesus had to be God, and yet lower himself to the image of a man. All of you here, I'm sure, have someone in your life who you care for so much that you would do whatever it could, whatever you could, to keep them safe, to protect them, even if it meant sacrifice in your own life. That's how much our Lord loves us. And I love that about him. He gave his life for us. He chose to do that. Let's continue in verse 16. For by him all things were created that are in heaven and that are on earth, visible and invisible, 
whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created through him and for him. There were several misconceptions about Christ by the Colossian church, which Paul directly refuted. One being that the physical earth was evil. So Paul says in verse 16, For by him all things were created that are in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through him and for him. Because the false teachers believed the physical world was evil, they reasoned that Jesus would only be in charge of the spiritual world. But Paul explains, and I'm going to paraphrase, Hey guys, you're wrong. For the kings, kingdoms, rulers, and authorities of both physical and spiritual world, uh, worlds were created by and are under his authority. So the same God who made all things is the same God who controls it. And today, when we look at what's going on in, in this world, all around, understand God is in control. Nothing happens in this world that does not pass by him first. And that includes anything you might be going through right now. No matter what you're going through, God is in control. Many times we look at situations with our own limited abilities. <coughs> Excuse me. We serve a God who is not limited to the physics of this world. This is where faith comes in. Have faith in God. The same God who created all things, controls all things, who heals the sick, who raises the dead. The same God you serve. We Christians should not be worrying about what is going on around us, but rather we should realize that it means Jesus' return is getting closer and closer. So rather than fearing, we should be anxiously anticipating his return. We should also be learning as much as we can of his word, because as the, word, the world spirals down further and further, people are going to get more and more desperate. And with desperation, they are going to want answers. I see people doing it already. Verse 17. And he is before all things, and in him all things consist. Again, in verse 17, it's saying here that God is not only the creator of the world, but also its sustainer. God is, God is holding it all together. He is, he is preventing it from turning into total chaos right now. But all I have to say is I am so thankful I won't be around when God lets go. And that brings me to that movie, Left Behind. I don't know, how many, how many here have seen it yet so far? Well, if you haven't, I highly recommend seeing it. I know Pastor Joe posted it on, uh, on Facebook, but it is a really, really good movie. And it really gives you an idea of what's going to be happening when uh, the tribulation begins. 
And we are, if those who are here who are still Christians are going to go up in a blink of an eye. And the turmoil and the chaos that's going to be, it's going to be beyond what you'd want to even, you know, experience. Let's continue in verse 18. And he is, he is the head of the body, the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he may have the preeminence. Paul is saying that Jesus' resurrection from the dead proves his lordship over the material world. He even has control over death. So let me say it again, brothers and sisters. No matter what you may be going through, right now, God has your back. God's got control. He can handle it. You just need to surrender it over to him and trust him to take care of it for you. Just trust him and give it over to him. If you take it back, give it again. Believe me, I've taken things back many times. Now, verse 19. For it pleased the Father that in him all the fullness should dwell, and by him to reconcile all things to himself, by him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of his cross. Do we want peace in this world? Do you want it? Well, it's not going to happen with man's standards. There is only one way, and that's by, the, and, by and through our Lord Jesus Christ. And only by his standards. There is no other way. I don't care what you try, it's not going to last. And the same goes for your own life. Are you still trying to do it all in your own strength? Whatever you may be going through, holding on to, struggling with, are you still trying to do it in your own strength? Well, do you want the kind of peace which surpasses all understanding? You can have it. As a Christian, you may need to surrender something you're holding on to and trying to resolve in your own strength. If you are here tonight or are listening to this message and have never accepted God's um, free gift of salvation, and you're saying to yourself, I want that, please come to see one of us. Or call the office if you're listening online or to the CD. Call one of us, you know, call the church, ask questions. We'd be happy to answer any questions or even pray with you. I finally got that, you know, I, I finally got up to a point in my own life that I was just tired of it. You know, I was tired of struggling and trying everything else out there, which just gave you temporal satisfaction. I was tired of it. And I finally gave in and said, Lord, it's, my life is yours. I want what you got. And I haven't regretted it since. Yes, I have struggles here and there, and I'm always going to. 
but um, it's definitely worth it. Let's continue in verse 21. And you, who once were alienated, alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. I think it's amazing to know at the point I received Jesus as my Lord and Savior, my slate was cleaned. Now it's as if I haven't sinned in God's eyes. Doesn't mean you're not going to sin throughout your walk with the Lord. But you need to repent and move on and continue in your walk with the Lord. But God sees us pure, white as snow. That is one forgiving God and who should is who, who should be um, our example in the way we walk. In my own family, my I had a my father's father and my, my his brother, my great uncle, actually died never ever speaking to each other again. Even before I was a Christian, it broke my heart because I just could not imagine it. Was, I just thought it was stupid. Yes, I use the S word. I just think it was really dumb. Because it was such a waste of energy and time. You know, when they can just, just got together and forgave each other and continued their love for each other, but they never talked again. One moved to Chicago and the other one stayed in Staten Island. And I made a promise, even before I became a Christian, that I would never do that. Regardless how angry I got at somebody, I was never going to hold that grudge. So, if let me encourage you here. If you have any unforgiveness in your own heart, remember what Matthew 6.15 says. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive you your trespasses. Need, need I explain more? It's not worth it. There's somebody that, when I spoke of that, when I just said unforgiveness, or you, you know, you just, the person popped in your head, then you really need to let go and let God take care of it. Let's continue in verse 23. If indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel which you heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven, of which I, Paul, became minister. I now rejoice in my sufferings for you, and, uh, and you f uh, fill up in my flesh what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ for the sake of his body, which is in the church, of, of which I became a minister, according did I have to skip something? Yes. Of which I became minister, verse 25, according to the stewardship from God, 
which was giving, given to me for you to fulfill the word of the, uh, God, the uh, mystery which has been hidden from ages and from generations, but now has been revealed to his saints. To them God will take known what are the riches of the glory of the mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Him we preach, warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom, that we may present every man perfect in Christ Jesus. To this end, I also labor, striving according to his working, which works in me mightily. In these verses, Paul is talking about sacrificial sacrifice for Christ. Sacrificing. Paul was willing to do whatever it took to teach others of Jesus Christ. He wrote these letters while imprisoned. Even if it meant suffering, he continued to do as he was called to do. I really love that about him. I definitely want to see him in heaven one day and just talk to him. And likewise, we need to do whatever it takes to get the truth God's word to as many people as possible. We need to do whatever it takes. And sometimes that takes sacrifice. We need to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ wherever we are. You know, it doesn't take a whole lot. I've heard all the excuses. I even said to myself, I don't have the abilities. I can't do that. I don't know the Bible. It's a bunch of malarkey. You know more than you think, especially when you have the Holy Spirit living in you. All things are possible. If he can use a donkey, he uses me up here. And that's, that's, that's total proof. This is out of my comfort zone. God is using me, and I love it. And I want to continue to be used by him. Till I die. Already in closing... One, our Lord Jesus is God. By him all things were created. In all things, he has the preeminence. We have been reconciled by his blood. We have been reconciled. So if there's any unforgiveness in your heart, let go and forgive. You know, just, I had trouble. Because I've gone through some hard times in my, my life. I really had a tough time forgiving certain people in my life. Because I didn't understand the concept of forgiveness. And forgiveness does not mean you condoning the person who hurt you, that it, whatever they did to you is okay. What you're doing is letting go. You're letting go of the situation Believe me, the consequences for their actions are going to, you know, be enough for them. You don't have to continue in it. What's important is that you let go and just continue in your own life. Because you don't want to do like my grandfather, my uncle did, and waste your life just with that bitterness in your, in your heart. You need to let go and just give it to him. 
You know, time is getting really short. Really, really short. The signs are all around us. Look at it. It's getting closer and closer and closer. When is, you know, I'm looking forward to Jesus coming. And we don't know when his patience is going to let up, and that's it. You know, and I don't want to see some of the people that I love so much be left behind. We need to tell as many people as possible about Jesus Christ. And you know what? Be ready because the world will do, whatever, will do everything that they can in every which way to silence you. But God's not silenced. He doesn't need us. He allows us to do it. He doesn't need the church. He doesn't need this building. He can do it without us, but he allows us to be a part of it. So take it and be a part of it. Because you'll be blessed by doing it. But, and lastly, remember who you have on your side as a Christian. Remember who's on your side. Let's pray. You've been listening to To Every Generation from Calvary Chapel Crossfield. We're located at 15 Half Acre Road in Jamesburg, New Jersey. We meet for Bible study Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. and Sunday service begins at 10.30 a.m. On Sundays, we have children's church for all ages in addition to infant and nursery care. You can find out more about the ministry here at Calvary Chapel Crossfields by going to cccrossfields.org. Thanks for listening, and may God bless you.